lay her down on her and just have it fucking We should have, like, rock her to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the air conditioning guys. Yeah, dude. <laughs> sorry it's it's the middle of summer you guys it's hot. And although it's, it's not hot like summer. ridiculously hot today like it's, it's gonna still... be 108 next week yeah oh. yeah on wednesday i know but just made me preemptively sweaty i know i know <laughs> girl you're telling me i'm gonna be fucking riveting rivets of sweat rivulets rivulets anyway guys hi welcome welcome back welcome back welcome back or welcome to welcome to on um did you week? hear yeah, oh. before? Okay, this okay. is like a highlight of my day. Yes, and one of the first things I saw when I woke up. A twenty four is releasing a prop hand from Talk to Me. Really? Yeah. Like to buy? They're releasing it soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word on bloody disgusting. So I'm like, we need that for the pod. Where's she gonna go? Yeah, she's gotta go. I she's right go here. Right here. Yeah. But like, that's where the microphone goes. Ah shit. Yeah. Well, uh, I was like, right there. That's where the coasters go. Yeah, we got we got to put it over there. But yeah, that was a highlight of my wow. morning. I was like, ah, that's exciting. Shit. I also heard that they're talking about doing a sequel. They are. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. It's talk talk to me. Talk to. Me. I'm like, that's cute. I'm glad. Yeah, they, like I'm that. glad they leaned into that. I wonder not, if like, they're talk gonna to me do like um more info on the hand, like the hand of the psychic itself, like, like the how backstory. kind of yeah, the backstory of mm-hmm. it, or just like another street. Yeah, 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 maybe. I would, I would hope it kind of gives a little bit, a of little, that. a little bit of just at like least where it came elaboration. From. Yeah, yeah, maybe some flashback scenes of yeah, the, the nice. media. They did really well. I really liked that movie. I've been telling everybody like who enjoys horror, like hey, go see this. Go see this. It's, yeah, so it's worth your time. Support a, an A twenty four film always, always, always. But my week has been. Okay. It's been okay. It's been okay. Yesterday, the um, the cool ice cream guy mm-hmm. came to the the shop. Nice. So I got some. What did you get? Yeah, lime, and he put chamoy on <sighs> and it was it was so good. And then I went home, uh-huh. and I forgot it. Oh. And my boss sent me a he sent me a video on Instagram. Like he opened the freezer, and it was just there. I was like, fuck. So naturally, I put on my slippers and I went to go get it. And I just like pulled up outside the door, and I was. <laughs> I texted him. I was like, hey, could you bring up my ice cream? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I saw you on the cameras. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then I just drove off with my ice cream. I'm like, it was $5 with your ice cream and it was really and good. Slippers. And my slippers, yeah. And I was still that. in like my work shirt and everything. Nice. <laughs> I, oh. The dedication. Too yeah. sweet. I was like, listen, listen, it was really good. It's tart. It's spicy. It's sweet. I mean, it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's my essence. That's me. How I was your that. week? Um, my week was actually pretty okay as well. Probably yeah. like more on the positive side, just yeah. because like this was my first week at my new job. Yay. Um, or at my new location, I should, yes. I should say. Uh, and I really enjoyed it, even though like working sucks. Like it was still fun I to be around these labor. people. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. dream of labor. No, exactly. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, against all odds, I'm not hating it <laughs> entirely you know yes. so it's a little renewed yes. hope for me but and didn't you just get really good feedback from your professor yes oh you my god yeah yes. oh my god it was my first case ah. that you guys i got 100 percent on that's so hot <laughs> that's so hot that's gonna be our our line she said i had a go good out. evaluation of the case i was like wow I'm like hey this is my friend bailey have you met her she got 100 <laughs> on her case for this week <laughs> I think we might open it for you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're going out tonight because my mom wants me to drive her to a dinner, and we're gonna be the DDs, basically. Yeah, it's like if you if you're going out, then I mean, we I go. might as well yeah. be going out as well. So, so, yeah, so Bubble will be home alone tonight. If anybody Sorry, wants Bill's... to hang out with him for me. <laughs> 
because <laughs> I don't like leaving him by himself. And he like gives us the face. Yeah. Like when he knows. He's he like, exudes sad energy. He's just like, how dare you? He's like, God damn it. Lock I, me up in my cage. But he's like a big white cage. It's a fucking big ass space. He got it's his nice wire, and cool he got in that food, room. He got, uh, he's got air his little bag. He got some toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's fine. well taken care of. He's, he's just a Libra. You he's, can't blame him. I mean, you could. And I, I mean, should. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would. a little bit. What's Charlie's sign? Charlie was born December sixth. And he's a Sagittarius. That makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Fiery, yeah, fiery, Spicy. Angie. Angie. That's what Aiden is. Aiden, I don't think Aiden listens, but Monique and Ashlyn do. Yeah, but like that's literally like he's just a little ball of anger all the time. Just, oh, just angst. Mm-hmm. angst. Just, just teen co- angst. Just like how old is Charlie? Down. Charlie's gonna be ten this year. Oh my god, seventy-year-old king, senior citizen. A senior citizen. Oh, I should take him with me to like Denny's. You should be qualified for a discount. discount. He's ten. Because you can't afford their like five ninety nine like grand slam. Yeah, no. <laughs> I I mean I can. I just would prefer not to. I would pay just for prefer it. to. That's why like lately when I buy tickets for the movie theaters, I just choose like child or senior. Because what are they gonna do? Be mad? They're gonna be like, oh, you're not a child. Well, <laughs> or a senior. I'll be like. How do you know? I might be motherfucking Benjamin Button. Benjamin like, Button, yeah. <laughs> you don't know me. That's very ageist of me. That's very <laughs> Dude, my coworker yesterday was like, "How old are you?" And then she was like, "Wait, is that rude of me to ask?" And I was like, "No, it's fine. Like, I'm 27." And she was like, "I kind of figured because you're just like, no, like in a good way." She was like, "You're just like really cool and like wise." And I was like, "Thank you. That's like, really that nice. was a really nice compliment." Aww, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I wise. played Crystal Castles on my playlist, and she was like, "Bro," and I was like. Bro. You gave her the face. She was like, Alice Glass spit on me at a show. No. Yeah. I was like, that's so fucking cool. Like, why did you ever wash after that? I hope you didn't. I hope you have it, like, saved, like, on your face as, like, a new, like, formation of bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, culture that shit. Like, Mm -hmm. scrape it off and petri dish it. Petri dish it. Exactly. Examine it, if if you will. All right, guys. We got stickers. We got stickers. They're here, We're definitely going to do a giveaway of some sort. Yes. Maybe, like, a little... A little competition. Yeah, a competition. Perhaps. We love a little competition. Mm-hmm. In this maybe household. maybe we could make a quiz. A quiz. Oh, that'd a be quiz. fun. That'd be that'd be fun. How close are you guys paying attention? Yeah. You know. I hope you guys are. You better be. Anyway. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you stare like <laughs> at the mic. <laughs> I have my hands like behind no, my back in the chair. You look so serious. <laughs> so solemn. All right. Anyways, we'll be back after these messages. Beep. <laughs> I'm Bailey. I'm Nini. <laughs> and welcome to On, On a Grassy, Grassy Knoll. Knoll. You would know. But. <laughs> I know who Chewbacca <laughs> is, bitch. <laughs> I sound like Damien from Meat When he's Bill. got the yeah. ham on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of Damien. I am too gay to function. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. He's sometimes too gay to function. Oh my god. Yeah, that's me. That's my favorite. I love that so much. Oh, oh shit. I just oh, hit the mic. Oh. Sorry, guys. I hope you guys heard Bailey's hair flip. <laughs> it looked really cool. Uh, all right. So today on Paranormal Party Woo! Part 2. Redux. Redux. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to get a soundboard. Yeah. I want to be like Gene from Bob's Burgers and just like hold it and be like, beep, beep, beep. You've never seen Bob's yeah, I I saw it as soon as you as you clammed up. I was like, oh no, here we go again. <laughs> My hands got clammy. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Hey Bailey, you're another thing again. for you to get mad about. It's what is it? It's um, E.T. It's uh, Bob's Burgers. It's 
Star Wars. What else? I feel Not like it was really Star Wars. It was Back to the Future. Back to the Future. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Never gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the way your nose turned up. Just like, mm. <laughs> all right. I love all her. right. <laughs> and I love her. And I love her just the way she is. All right. Oh, so today, yes, I'm excited because this is a near and dear subject to me um not not really but oh. you know any kind of paranormal like entity yeah exists in our hearts thing. yeah exactly <laughs> so getting into navajo culture <gasps> the yi nal delushi or skinwalker <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that and i just got chills already oh jesus it's gonna be a long story <laughs> <laughs> Um, the skinwalker is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to either turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. Oh. Yeah. Not cool. I didn't realize that there was like multitudes to their power. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's spooky. I don't know. Animals could be possessed. That's um, scary. I know that is Is there scary. a shot against Fucking that? Cujo? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> For real. Literally. Good boy. <laughs> so in the Navajo language, Yi Naldalushi, and obviously I'm completely butchering that. I'm so sorry. Um, that word translates to quote, by means of it, it goes on all fours. Unquote. What the f- Which is so fucking creepy. Because like, what is creepier? Skinwalker or its literal direct translation? Uh, the literal direct translation. Yeah. yeah. By, by means of it, it goes it on goes all on fours. fours. <laughs> Don't like that. Don't like that. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Navajo witches, including skinwalkers, Mm -hmm. kind of represent the antithesis of Navajo cultural values, right? Mm -hmm. Because while community healers and cultural workers are known as like medicine men and women, Mm -hmm. um, or by other like positive terms in the community's indigenous language, Mm -hmm. witches are obviously seen as evil, Mm -hmm. performing harmful ceremonies and manipulative magic Mm -hmm. and a perversion of the good works that medicine people traditionally use. So it's like, you know. Very much the anti-heroes of this. Okay. (laughs) Exactly, Taylor Swift. (laughs) Oh God. Is that a Taylor Swift thing? I don't know. Yeah. I, doesn't you have a song called Antihero? Your guess is as good as mine, babe. <laughs> me. Hi. I'm, I'm the, the problem. It's me. Because I refuse to listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just heard that, um, what's it called? They've released a uh, 122 song playlist, all Taylor Swift for Starbucks. So that's going to be really fun to listen to. <laughs> I'm like, there's that many, she has that many songs? Wow. Oh, she has that's, more, That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, she's and she's redone all of her songs too. So it's like Taylor you have. I'm like, yeah. bitch, you're just bitch, you're taking such Taylor, an easy no, way I know, out. I know, it's you're so just reworking it's your her, fucking like, mixes in her music. But I'm like, girl, you're the at the up. soundboard in the studio yeah. for once. You're in the stew, cooking up in the stew. Like, and nobody cares. Whatever. <laughs> so, in order to practice their good works, traditional healers like tend to learn about both good and bad magic just to you know in case they have to protect themselves in case you run into it the evil the evil the evil (laughs) um but people who choose to become witches are seen as corrupt obviously Mm. so the legend of the skinwalkers is not well understood outside of navajo culture both due to reluctance to discuss the subject with outsiders as well as what cherokee nation academic adrian keen says is a lack of the necessary cultural context that the stories are embedded in. Gotcha. So, 
Gotcha. I mean, like, we don't get it, and we never will. Yeah. Basically. That's oh, that's really fucking cool, though. Excuse me. Like, it just adds so a, much more to the, the mystery. I know, right? You know? Because it's like, we don't, we, we don't really know entirely, mm-hmm. and we probably won't ever really know entirely yeah. how it comes to be or why it does what it does or anything. Right? That's, that's so cool. So basically, traditional Navajo people are reluctant to reveal Skinwalker lore to non-Navajos mm-hmm. or to d- discuss it at um, all among those who they don't trust. Gotcha. Um, Keen, Adrian Keen, the founder of the website Native Appropriations, mm-hmm. has written in response to non-Navajos incorporating the legends into their writing and specifically the impact when J.K. Rowling did it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that this that when this is done, she says, quote, we as Native people are now opened up to a barrage of questions about these beliefs and traditions, but these things are not, are, these are not things that need or should be discussed by outsiders at all. I'm sorry if that seems, quote, unfair, but that's how our cultures survive. Gotcha. And that makes yeah. sense. No, you got to look out for your own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So everything we're about to discuss, kind of like take it with a grain of salt because it's been, I'm sure, heavily whitewashed. Mm, gotcha. So thank you for that disclaimer. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Um, to become a skinwalker, ah. one must be initiated by a secret society that requires the evilest of deeds, which is the killing of a close family member, usually oh. a sibling. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, fuck. We did that thing again. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Awkward intro. Awkward intro into this next sentence. Oh, shit. Which is after completing the task of like killing a close family member, the individual acquires supernatural powers, which give them the ability to shapeshift, basically. Gotcha. Um, they are often seen as coyotes, wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, and bears. I'm like, that's literally like <laughs> the gay um, like <laughs> terms. <laughs> Terminology. <laughs> Cougars, bears, Cougars, coyotes, coyotes wolves. foxes. They're just missing beavers, really. <laughs> That's a thing? Yeah, beavers, <laughs> right? Oh, no, I'm sorry, otters. Uh, otters, uh-oh. yeah. Otters are like bears, but like younger. Because like, you know, a bear is like a big uh, old burly gotcha, gotcha, man. Gotcha. Uh, a, an otter is like a burly, I love the, the um, evolution. I know, right? <laughs> Here we the go otter into otter a bear. Into fucking bear. I love it. <laughs> Why don't they have like a platypus? What would a platypus be? Um... Hmm. I feel hmm. like a platypus would be like some sort of experimental indie musician <laughs> <laughs> who is like happens to look like a twink maybe okay i don't know sure <laughs> or maybe maybe an, like an, an, an otter but uh-huh. that has like an obscure like music career an otter that's like prone to be like twink-esque yeah yeah okay twink-esque. that's the in between okay cool right. write it down write it write down. down write it down, write it down. <laughs> it'll be on the quiz <laughs> Um, they can basically shape into any animal, allegedly, mm-hmm. and they then wear the skins of the animals they transform to, hence the name Skinwalker, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So because of this, the Navajo consider it taboo for its members to wear the pelt of any predatory animal. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Sheepskin, leather, and buckskin are those that are acceptable. Mm-hmm, because right? those aren't predators. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, once they are shapeshifted, Others can tell that they're not real animals because their eyes are very different from those of animals, which I'm like, Bilbo. Bilbo? Bilbo. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm literally, he's literally living right now, with like, oh, watching us. Stop! Like, that, <laughs> that got me scared for a second. He's, like, he's literally so small. What the fuck would he do? <laughs> he can bite really hard, though. He nips, yeah? he nips hard. Yeah. Ooh, bad yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. Skinwalker. <laughs> very skinwalker. Bilbo, Bilbo skinwalker. Bilbo baggins gandy. gandy. Skinwalker confirmed. <laughs> That's the title of the 
Confirm Skinwalker. Um, so their eyes are said to be very human, and when lights shine on them, they turn bright red. Eh. I, I don't know what I would do if I saw that. I mean, never do I put myself in a situation where I'm in, like, the middle of some kind of forest where we'll talk about, like, how they kind of approach houses to lure you out. Ooh. Um, but, like, how I guess, do you... like, my street is kind of spooky. Yes. So, if okay, we'll just get into it. But I'm just <laughs> I'm saying, if, like... I, if I saw someone approaching my house that I don't know, me, like, aggressively clapping my clapping. hands together. Yes, for emphasis. Um, like, the... <laughs> I'm not... I'm not shining a light on them to like yeah. see into their eyes. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just feel like that's such like a, like you wouldn't know until it was too late, mm-hmm. which is even scarier. Truly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> retching sounds. Terrified retching sounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The evil society of the witches gather in dark caves or secluded places for several purposes, right? To initiate new members, plot their activities, harm people from a distance with their black magic and perform dark ceremonial rites. And because it sounds cool. And because why the fuck not? Yeah. Because where else are they going to live? In it's the, nice like, a and cold in there. Also. A housing community. Yeah, it's that's nice true. cold in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark. Mm-hmm. Dark. Dark. They're like, they're like the roommates in what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. like in a cave. Yeah, but in yeah. a cave. <laughs> Just doing girly things <laughs> in a cave. <laughs> Um, these ceremonies are similar to other tribal tribal affairs, including the dancing, feasts, rituals, and sand painting, but are often, or I'm, I'm sorry, are considered corrupted because of their dark connotations, gotcha. right? So the evildoers are also said to engage in necrophilia with corpses and commit cannibalism, incest, and grave robberies. So they're just bad fucking people. Oh. They're like, not only am I going to like shapeshift into something to scare you but like i'm also gonna fuck Eat your somebody like, yeah and i'm gonna fuck my brother <laughs> <laughs> my dead brother because i killed him oh, jesus christ yeah oh um, that's awesome not not great people that's so to bad say really. i don't know why like i just had so many weird flashes and images in my I know, brain right? i'm like oh so many things so many things were said in such a short amount of time <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> uh getting back into it those who have talked of their encounters with these evil beings describe several ways to know if a skinwalker is near, right? So they make sounds around your home as a way to lure you out, such as knocking on the windows, banging walls, and scraping noises on the roof. Ooh, yeah, I don't like that noises. one. The last one the really, really noises. hit me. Yeah, the- have I ever told you that story when I got home and I wasn't, I was supposed to like spend the night somewhere and I decided not to. I think it was with my ex-boyfriend. Mm. Um, and I came home because we got into a fight and my dad was home alone because my mom was out. Mm. And I could see him because he loves to just stand, you know, inside of the living room with the blinds Doors. wide open. Oh, yeah, right yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just watching him from, like, outside the darkness, and I'm like, I'm gonna fucking scare this motherfucker. So I start pounding on the windows and then, like, running behind the cars. <gasps> he comes out with his shotgun. No! Bro, and I was like, Dad, Dad. I wish it all. Dad, it's me. <laughs> he was like, I'm not fucking around, bro. It's, like, 9 p.m. I'm like, be so fucking for real. Like, but imagine, like, what if I was a skinwalker, dude? That's so scary. Yeah. I know. Lured him out of the house. Yeah. Lured him out Your of the shotgun's house. not gonna help the you. The shotgun's not gonna help oh. you because we'll talk about that. Oh. <clears throat> um. On some occasions, people actually see them like peering into the windows, which is like even worse for some reason. That kind of reminds me of like the black-eyed children. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like. I'd like, like to use your telegraph. <laughs> oh, God. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. YK. YK. If YK. YK. Um. More often than not, they appear in front of vehicles in hopes of causing, like, a major accident. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. So then they can eat you because yeah. they're cannibals. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. 
So, skinwalkers and other witches have long been blamed for unexpected struggles and tragedies, including sickness, drought, poor crops, and sudden deaths, of course. Um, Even smaller or individual problems, such as windstorms during dances. Like, yeah. Alienation of affection by mates, the death of livestock, and reversal of fortune were, were often believed to be of witches' work. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, especially like, um, <clears throat> oh no, I had to clear my throat and then I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, right. So <laughs> me trying to just carry on normally. The train left the station. The like, train left the station. Anyway. Nine and three quarters. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should not be referencing Harry Potter. Fuck JK Rowling. Yeah. Um, so n- numerous people have been told stories of swift animals running alongside their vehicles, <sighs> matching their speed, like the speed of the car. Fuck that. Nope. 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 That's right? it. We're done. I'm driving my car into a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it gets worse because along the way, these animals sometimes turn back into their human selves. So imagine a human being running at like 70 miles. No, no. <gasps> okay. Nope. Usain Bolt. That's so scary. No, literally. Another story tells of a man making repairs on an old ranch home when he heard loud laughter from the nearby sheep pens, right? So thinking he was alone, he went to investigate and found all of the sheep but one huddled in a corner. Oh, my God. The lone one, separated from the group, was standing upright and laughing in a very human manner. (gasps) How can a sheep laugh? A a, A ram. That's that's I don't the singular think, I don't of a sheep, they, right? I don't think they do. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck? And after he oh locked eyes God. with it, the animal casually walked away on its hind legs. Ah! No! <laughs> no! Just, just, he's like, all right, bye. He's like, my work here is done. Have I creeped you out? It's scare tactics. Yeah. <laughs> like, scare have tactics, you seen that, the away. tweets about the people in, I think it's China. They have like a zoo and they have a certain bear there. And everybody's like saying that it's a man in a suit. It looks like it a man does. in a suit. I'm Especially like, the way it the stands. The, the way the skin like hangs. hangs. I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. That's either the world's like skinniest bear. Yeah. Skinny legend bear. Or <laughs> like that's a fucking man in a bear costume. <laughs> I like how we were also talking about the gay terminology beforehand because the skinny legend bear is very, like... (laughs) It's so oxymoronic. Skinny legend bear. bear. It's like those people who do the um, bodybuilding competitions where they're, like, really skinny at the waist, but then, like, large, muscular arms. Frighteningly large, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Frighteningly large. That's a skinny legend bear. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Skinny legend bear. Um, (laughs) Now, in the 1990s, a ranch in Northeast Utah, far away from the Navajo Reservation, which is located in Arizona, Mm -hmm. um, became the partial focus of Skinwalkers. This was called Sherman Ranch, now known as Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, that's the one they have the show about. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Which has a history of UFOs, aliens, cattle mutilations, and crop circles. Oh, cattle mutilations. I know, right? Okay. Located near the Ute Reservation, these people have long thought that the Navajo put a curse on their tribe in retribution for many like previous transgressions between the tribes. Uh-huh. Um, and since then, the Skywalkers have plagued the Ute people. <gasps> so that's why. Yeah, because they were like, wait, this isn't like the Navajo like area. Like, uh-huh. why are they coming here? Because obviously, like different um, tribes have different 
lore, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. like, not like it's not true that every tribe has some form. I mean, I'm sure like they all have forms of like witches and stuff. Uh-huh. But I think Skinwalker is like more particular to more particular to culture. Okay, cool. Um, the idea of shape shifting witches in the present day. Uintah Basin might be hard for some to believe, but not for the Sherman family, who purchased the ranch in 1994 with the intentions of settling down and relaxing, relaxing. in their new country home. Right? Gorgeous, very stunning, very gorgeous. Now, the Shermans experienced a lot of spooky goings-ons during their time at the ranch, most notably with something matching the description of a skinwalker. So, one night... Terry Sherman heard a noise outside and was startled to see a wolf in his yard, one much larger than he had ever seen in his life. Oh, no. Twilight he, like my father, grabbed his gun of course. from inside <laughs> and shot the wolf several times, but his bullets appeared to do no damage whatsoever. That's uh, fucking terrifying, bro. The one thing you think is going to protect you doesn't. What, what are you going to do now? Die? Yeah. 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 I, uh, me, I would lay down. And just be like, okay, okay, it's time. Sorry, like, Sorry yeah. I shot you. Are you yeah. gonna kill me now? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna lay here and whatever happens happens. <laughs> whatever then. happens, happens. <laughs> it's pen aggressively. Yeah, that's also my zombie apocalypse plan. Same. I'm like, listen, man. Well, whatever I'm gonna happens, go to Costco. Happens. See what I can do. You can like climb things though, so you could probably get on like those really high shelves. I I would put you on my back if I could. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe uh, we could like a police for, lo- for as long as I can carry you. I'll do it. And then I'll just fall to my death. <laughs> At least you'll survive for a little longer. It's about the count. <laughs> it's about the count. It's about the count. That's our friendship, literally. Oh, Jesus. Um, although the wolf did take off eventually after being shot at multiple times, multiple times, uh, its tracks disappeared entirely as Terry chased it, as it ha- as if it had simply vanished into air. <laughs> yeah. So like don't like that not even i wouldn't be sure what that was because like imagine you're someone a a white person terry sherman who like doesn't really understand navajo culture which why would you but it's like oh that's a skinwalker like what the fuck like how would you even like how would you come to that conclusion you know what i mean you you don't you just think it's some sort of weird fucking giant animal (laughs) no literally um that was far from the only scare that the Shermans experienced on this on this little adventure time this little ranch adventure time yeah during their years at the ranch they reported seeing various kinds of flashing lights mysterious objects in the sky strange circles in their field hello crop (gasps) circles mysterious voices floating overhead and countless cattle mutilations (gasps) oh that's so sad Mm -hmm. yeah the shermans were like fuck this fuck this shit i'm out yeah yeah decided to dump the property before it was too late okay thank god they sold the ranch in 1996, just two years after they had bought it. So they were like, bye! <laughs> and imagine how much fucking money that cost. Uh-huh. Like, that mm-hmm. much land? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they were not playing around. Right. Good for them. So it passed to one millionaire to the next, basically, mm. because obviously stories of the skinwalkers and UFOs and everything were had, spreading. had come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so Brandon Fugel, who bought the ranch in 2016, told Newsweek, quote, I acquired the property from billionaire Robert Bigelow for the purpose of conducting scientific scientific research to determine if there was any validity to the extraordinary claims of paranormal activity. Oh, hell yeah. Although I require the ranch as a skeptic, I eventually had my own undeniable close encounter, a UFO sighting in broad daylight <gasps> with multiple witnesses. What? Yeah. Oh, shit. My face right now. I know, oh, right? Oh, shit. 
like That's crazy and he doesn't make any money off the ranch like yeah he's like featured in the show skinwalker ranch um on history channel guys if yes. you're interested yeah um but he makes no money from it That's crazy so it's like what does he where does he get off like yeah what does he have to gain really exactly. apart from spreading this misinformation if it was to be that yeah that's but like weird. why you know yeah, the, yeah what's the bigger yeah what's the big the bigger purpose picture behind it so the last thing i'm going to talk about mm-hmm. is this thing called the hitchhiker effect Ooh. that happens to people after visiting skinwalker ranch yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> it like Okay, so basically, just visiting the ranch can lead them to um, taking something home, kind of like the hitchhikers from Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah. no! That don't go away and affects their whole family. Like, it's like an infection in the like, home. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah, people who have experienced this phenomenon um, include current and former staff, the film crew, and guest visitors. And, like, people who have, you know, um, trespassed onto the property uh-huh. have, like, also talked about it, like, on Reddit and shit. Because this is like uh, like five hundred acres, yeah. dude. Like it's huge. It's huge. It's, it's huge, massive. Huge, huge. And the only part that has like a house on it is really small. Mm-hmm. In comparison. So there's no way you'd be yeah. able to see if somebody no. snuck no. onto the it's, property. It, it literally reminds me of Nope. Yeah. Like all yeah, that land literally. with mm-hmm. the little house on top of mm-hmm. the hill. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck, that's gnarly. So it seems fairly easy to pick up a ranch paranormal hitchhiker. <laughs> Some of the on ranch experiences people had were fairly benign, but then all hell breaks loose at home. So that's why I'm saying, like, it's kind of like a disease because it, 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 like, affects you, but then it affects everybody else, like, tenfold, right? So in some cases, just seeing an unidentified aerial phenomenon, (laughs) feeling a presence, or hearing a voice on the ranch can cause it to happen to you. Yeah. Like like, one of those floating voices? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't like that. I've heard that before, though. No. Yes, yes, yes. That happened to me one time when I was a little kid. I remember... Well, this, okay, so two two instances. The, the one that scared me the most was one time I was, you know, landlines. Mm-hmm. I pick up the landline and some, like, people are having a conversation, but it's, nobody's home at my house. So who was on the fucking phone? What like, it was two fuck? people talking and, like, very, like, low, like, <gasps> like I, I, like, what couldn't really make fuck? out with her. And I was just like, hello, hello, but they didn't hear me. I could hear them. It was so freaky. What? It the was fuck, weird. Dude, it was weird. Uh... It was really weird. And, like, things like that had happened a lot before. so Or had never happened before. And then after that started happening, like, it was, like, a gradual process of, like, yeah, happenings. Yeah, because, honestly, like, once I started experiencing paranormal activity, like, it didn't go away for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I I completely understand, like, the hitchhiker experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said that they've seen, like, tall, black, shadowy beings. (gasps) Um and a lot of children have experienced that. Like people, oh, like if no. it's like their their children or like their siblings have expressed, like what the oh fuck? I see something and ah! they're like oh shit like my bad I went to the Skinwalker Ranch like didn't know oh, that was gonna happen. Oh that's so scary and so mm-hmm. sad. Yeah literally. Oh, so kids. ending on the disturbing home experiences, which include strange electrical anomalies, items like plates and wine bottles and shit being thrown across rooms. I'm like hello paranormal activity. <sighs> Hearing voices, footsteps, and doors slamming. Items moving, disappearing. And hearing slash seeing furniture move, um, blue orbs inside and outside of the home, like that people can see, like oh, with their naked eye. No, yeah. No. And oh. obviously, strange animals outside the family's home. No. No. So. That, no. That is the Skinwalker slash Skinwalker Ranch slash the High Chicker. High Chicker. Phenomena. Phenomena. The heat checker for number nine. That was scary. Right? I'm 
I'm like, I know like the more you say Skinwalker, like the stronger yeah. their presence is supposed to like yeah. grow. So I'm gonna end right there, babes. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Guys, we went on a little break and we discovered a new way to promote the podcast is through when a guy asks for our Instagram. At like a bar or something. We're gonna give him the podcast, podcast Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, smart, yeah. smart. And then they feel some kind of way because they're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, she asked me to, she mm-hmm. gave, I gave her, she asked me for my phone. To right. Phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, you thought, you fucking like, thought. Oh, you want to follow my Instagram? Yeah, 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 come here, come here. Like, you save it, like, as a phone. contact, and yeah. it's just like, oh, wait, you gave me at Gmail. Oh, man, like, what the so fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, I asked my coworker for her Instagram. She was like, not you asking for my Instagram. I mean, I'll give you my number. And I was like, Ew. I'm not like some weird man like creeping on you. Like I'm trying to be your friend, bitch. (laughs) That's how I feel when I ask people. I'm like, oh, like, um, do you want to like message on like Instagram or like Snapchat? Because it's fast. Mm -hmm. Like you know, like chats go through fast. And people are like, you still have Snapchat? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And the fuck? Okay. I'm like, I have Julie and I have like a 780 day streak. (laughs) And I'm very proud of that. And I'm not gonna just give that away. Yeah, right. Because you think it's cringe. Yeah. Yeah. And I stand by that. Anyways. Welcome. Conspiracy Corner. Okay. Ace Mark. Ace Mark. Welcome, friends. We're in for a rocking and rollicking tale this week. Nice. Uh, today, I'm going to regale you all okay. with the lifetimes and untimely death of Johnny Allen Hendricks. Oh. Better known to the world as James Jimmy Marshall Hendricks. Okay. So you should call your dad. Okay. And tell him to listen to this one. Okay. I think he's going to enjoy this one. Slay. So uh, let's dive into Jimmy's background a right. little bit, his beginning. So in 1941, a man named James Allen Hendricks, his family called him Al, moved to Seattle, Washington from Kentucky, and he met a young maiden named Lucille Jeter Ooh, at a dance. Like Jeter's? Uh, minus one E. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, like Derek Jeter. Got it. <laughs> um, they met at a dance. They fell in love <laughs> and they got married. Dance. I know, so precious. And they got married in March 1942. Okay. And we all know what happened in 1942. Mm. <laughs> so on April 3rd, 1942, just three days after their wedding, <gasps> no, <laughs> Al, who had been drafted for the U.S. Army, no. left for basic training. But luckily, they wedded and bedded in the nick of time. For little Johnny Allen Hendricks to be born on November 27th, 1942. Okay. In Seattle. When Johnny was four years old in Uh 1946, his parents changed his name to James Marshall Hendricks to honor his father and his late uncle, Leon Marshall. Jimmy would then become the youngest of five children. The family had a rough go of things, though. Right. Um, His father was stationed in Alabama. Um, and he actually tried to go AWOL when Jimmy was born. Really? So he spent two months locked up in the army stockade. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. He spent three years in total in the army, Al Hendricks, and he was honorably discharged in September 1945. Cool. Uh, while her husband was away, of course, Lucille struggled to raise Jimmy on her own. And so he ended up staying mostly with like family friends or oh. like acquaintances and stuff. Gotcha. Um, so when Al was discharged, he went back to Seattle and he couldn't find Lucille or Jimmy. What? So he went to Berkeley, California, okay. to see a family friend um, named Mrs. Champ, and she 
actually had been caring for Jimmy for a couple of years, and she had actually tried to adopt him. Really? She was a family friend, yeah. Oh, okay. And she had been caring for him for so long, she, she was, was like, about yeah. to do the process, yeah. Um, eventually, Al reunited with Lucille, but their relationship didn't get better. Right. Um, they both had alcohol problems, and they would fight frequently, and uh, Jimmy remembers that he would often hide in a closet no. to, escape the, to escape the violence when he was a kid, so that was really fucking sad. But, um, you would think they would, you know, stop having children and split up. No, they had four more. Um, and they finally divorced when Jimmy was nine years old. So Jimmy and his brother Leon went to go live with their dad, Al. In 1958, when Jimmy was 15, his mother Lucille died aged 33. From a ruptured spleen caused by liver cirrhosis. Oh, I know. That's so tragic. The worst part? What? Al Hendricks refused to take his sons to their mother's funeral, opting instead to serve them shots of whiskey and say that this is how men deal with loss. Yeah? This poor... That's poor so fucked up. That's so that is toxic up, masculinity at, at its, its finest. finest. And it really irks me, like, learning this about him, because mm-hmm. then this, like, the dad went and, like, wrote a book about what? Jimmy after the fact, and I'm like, I'm sure you left, like, all of this out. Yeah, right. Like, you fucking asshole. So, um... By this time, Jimmy's fascination with music was growing, and he bought his first acoustic guitar for $5. Oh, cute. Which is the equivalent, I think, today of, like, $55. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And he started listening to blues artists like Muddy Waters, B.B. King, Howlin' Wolf, and Robert Johnson. Nice. Who you may know has a legend of his own. That I might cover at some point, yes. Cool. Um, And he played with a couple bands uh, locally, and he did um, provide, like, backing um, guitar for an R&B group called Midnighters, and they actually, like, recorded and, like, toured and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So, in 1959, Al bought Jimmy his first electric guitar. Nice. Officially putting Jimi Hendrix's career into motion as we know it today. Yes. But it came to a brief halt. In 1961, when Jimmy was caught joyriding by police and given the choice to either go to jail or join the army. So he joined the army (laughs) in 1961. And after he did basic training in California, he was stationed in Kentucky. But he had a really hard time in the army. People, like, picked on him and stuff because he, like, was a musician. And they would say that, like, he was, like, weird or, like, queer and stuff because he was like just so obsessed with his guitar and like Mm. music and people would like take it from him and like hide it oh like in the barracks and stuff i'm like dude how are you adult bullies literally like fucking second grade bullies you bastards um so he had a hard time um but then he was given an honorable discharge um in june 1962 i would get so honorably discharged from the army if i was in it I would get so dishonorably discharged. I'd be fighting everybody left and right, man. I'm just like, ah! I'd be like, I have, I'm bipolar. Like, ooh, 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 ooh fingers like, together. Right. Anyways, <laughs> denied. <laughs> so that's enough on Jimmy's background. Right. Let's talk music, baby. Sorry. Okay. Oh, the mic caught that. Jesus. <laughs> uh. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Casual. In 1962. Jimmy and one of his army friends. Me, and started... my mom was born in 1962. So. Hey. hey, shout out, Star. Um, they started a band called the King Casuals. Cool. Casuals with a K. Oh, okay. Um, and they found a home on Jefferson Street in Nashville, Tennessee, which was considered like the heart of the city's black community and oh, okay. like a really thriving music scene. Nice. Um, when Jimmy and the Casuals toured the historic Chitlin Circuit, which was a uh, like a circuit of theaters that were all managed by like the same chain, and they oh. were like specific, specifically 
for at the time like segregated like audiences gotcha. so they would get like you know black artists mm-hmm. play there um and pretty much like everybody that was anybody like played all these oh, okay. all these theaters um he also did um backing musician work for groups like ike and tina turner oh wow and sam cook Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 1964, though, he felt kind of stagnant in his career, and he decided to try his own luck, which really worked out for him because in 1966, he made friends with Chaz Chandler. All these, like, double I know. Like, alliterative names. I love it. Um, a former member of The Animals, who had started managing artists. Oh. He flew Jimmy to London and signed him on September 24th, 1966. Cool. And right away, he undertook the task of finding musicians that would become Jimmy's backing band for the Jimi Hendrix experience. Um, This next bit comes from the rock fandom wiki. Um, Jimmy's band would be made up of backing vocalist, Noel Redding and drummer, Mitch Mitchell. (laughs) 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 I love that so much. Mitch Mitchell. And in just a three year span, they released three hugely successful studio albums that had hits like, Purple Haze, All Along the Watchtower, Hey Joe, and Foxy Lady. Wow. In three years, I was going to say, three years is insane. For all of those bangers. That kind of turnaround. All those bangers. Incredible. That success rate? Dude. Amazing. Um, They were so beloved and, like, not, well, kind of commercially successful because at the time, like, music was really changing. Right. Um, They played Monterey Pop Festival in 1967, Uh Woodstock in 1969, and the Isle of Wight Festival in 1970. Wow. So another three years, another three successful years. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. And now we're going to dive into the last week of Jimi Hendrix's life. Slay. On September 11th, 1970, Jimi was staying at the Cumberland Hotel in London and gave what would be his final interview to journalist Keith Altham of the magazine Record Mirror. Okay. At the time, he was really going through it. He was dealing with a paternity lawsuit in the U.S. and uh, another lawsuit in U.K. court about a recording contract like uh, breach. Uh-huh. Um, he was also suffering from severe exhaustion due yeah. to overwork, chronic lack of sleep, and he was going through a really hard time in his personal relationships, too. Oh, okay. So he was generally disillusioned with the right. music at the time. Yeah. And he just learned that his bassist, Billy Cox, was quitting the band due to severe exhaustion and symptoms of paranoia. I know, and it's like it's 70s. Yeah. MK Ultra. Um, September 12th, Jimmy got a call from one of his girlfriends, Devin Wilson, in LA, who had heard he was seeing somebody else named Kristen or Kirsten Neffer. Um, the two had a discussion on the phone, and Jimmy's last words to her were, Devin, get off my back. <laughs> Which, like, poor guy, you can, you can feel the tiredness in that. <laughs> get, get off, off my, my back. back, dude. Uh, September 13th, the Jimi Hendrix Experience was scheduled to play in Rotterdam, Amsterdam, but the show was canceled because of the basis condition, like right. I said. So that evening, Jimmy spent the night with Kristen, <laughs> who uh-huh. was working on a film at the time. Okay. And he was like, you know, don't go into work tonight because they were supposed to film that night. And he was like, just call your boss and ask for the night off. So she did. And her boss called her nothing but a fucking groupie. And Jimmy heard the whole thing. And he was like, I don't think you should go back to work there. But... They spent the night together, and she went back to work the following morning. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that I sad? mean, like, what are you going to do? Like, good dick over your job? It's Jimi Hendrix. Right? I know. Are you not like, going to have sex with Jimi no, Hendrix? No, you're absolutely going to, but, like, at the same time, like, you're you're going to take your sorry ass with, like, your tail between your legs back to your fucking job to get True. a paycheck. True. You know? Yeah, because she, she needed the gig. Yeah. Up and coming actors, you know? So, uh, September 14th, 
Jimmy spent the afternoon with record producer Alan Douglas talking about his career. And later on that day, Jimmy saw one of his close friends, Sharon Lawrence, who later recalled that Jimmy was jittery and angry, detailing his pressures with uh, so-called friends and that he couldn't sleep or focus or write any songs. Mm, been there. So like really going well, through Well, not, not the writing songs. Thing, I'm but... like, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> After they spoke, Jimmy went to his girlfriend, uh-huh. Monica Daneman's apartment. How many fucking girlfriends did he have? I mean, he's Jimmy fucking Hendrix. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. He's beautiful. What are you going to yeah. do? He's beautiful and talented. Ugh. Um, so she had an apartment at the Samarkand, Samarkand. Samarkand. Hotel in Notting Hill. Oh, okay. UK, like the movie. Cool. The afternoon of September 15th, Jimmy was invited to a jam session with the just-formed band War. <gasps> no fucking way. <laughs> yep, they had just started, <laughs> literally just formed, by his friend Eric Burden. When Jimmy arrived at the sesh, though, um, the band didn't allow him to play because they said, quote, he was wobbling too much to play and he was well out of it. Really? So they told him to come back the next day. And he did. September 16th, he went back and he played uh, for a small audience, but the crowd noticed that he was uncharacteristically subdued really? in his guitar playing. Mm. And that would be the last time that he played guitar live, mm. unfortunately. September 17th is where details start to get a little hazy. Okay. Jimmy spent most of the day with Monica at the Samarkand Hotel, spending time in the garden with his favorite Stratocaster named Black Betty. Is that a guitar? Yes, a Fender Stratocaster. I'm like, okay. like you don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, I do. But like the way you said the name, I was like, yeah, is that like a pet? No, it's Stratocaster. You're like, I've never heard of that dog before. What does it look like? Oh <laughs> so they were hanging out and Monica snapped a few photos of him. According to her later, um, the pair left the hotel to stop at a bank around 3 p.m. Okay. And then they did some vintage shopping around Chelsea. Nice. Right? Sounds like a great fucking day. For real. Um, when they returned to the suite at the Cumberland Hotel where Jimmy was staying, mm-hmm. he made some calls to his lawyer. Okay. Asking him to find a way out of his contract with manager Mike Jeffrey. And another call to producer Eddie Kramer. That afternoon around 5.30, Jimmy and Monica smoked some hash and drank wine with some friends. Okay. Monica was pissed because she felt Jimmy was giving too much attention to his female friends. Mm -hmm. And they got in a fight, and she got up and stormed out and shouted, you fucking pig, at him. And I don't know what happened, but they left together still. (laughs) They left at, like, 1040. Oh. And Monica made dinner at her apartment at the the Samarkand Hotel. Mm. Um, And they had a bottle of wine at the apartment. At this time, Jimmy made another call to his old producer and left a message on his answering machine saying, I need help bad, man. I know. Sad face. Very sad face. Around 1.45 a.m., September 18th, Monica drove Jimmy to a party that he'd been invited to that day by business associate Peter Cameron. 1.45 a.m., bro. 1.45. I'm going showing to up to the party, babe. I'm going to I'm, bed. Yeah, no. I'm already in bed, babe. I'm already in bed. Um, Pete claims that Jimmy was stressed out and discussing business problems um when he first showed up and Mm -hmm. then you know he got stressed out and he ate and had one amphetamine tablet monica showed up at the party later and jimmy had said that like he was uncomfortable with her like following him around like he didn't want to be around her because they Uh just had that fight earlier in the day um shows up she got weird again and they left around 3 a.m okay Monica later recalled that they went back to her apartment and she made tuna fish sandwiches Ew. at three in the fucking morning yeah, after what? you drink wine. After you drink wine, bro. I would smoke. I would literally vomit everywhere. Ugh. And Jimmy asked her for some sleeping pills since oh, no. he was still feeling the effects of the amphetamine from earlier, mm. and he just wanted to go to sleep. 
Uh, Monica didn't give him one, but she took one herself around 6 a.m. when she rolled over in bed. She then claims she woke up around 10 and Jimmy was still sleeping in bed. She went out to get cigarettes, and when she got back around 11, she found Jimmy in bed, breathing, but unconscious and unresponsive. What the fuck? She called an ambulance at 11.18 a.m., and they arrived at 11.27 a.m. Okay. This is where things get even weirder. Okay. (laughs) Paramedics Reg Jones, which is such a British name, right? yeah. Reg Jones, Reg Jones, and John Sauer, um, yes, yeah, spelled S A U A. Really? Yeah. Sawa. Oh wow. Uh, arrived at Monica's flat to find the door wide open, the gas fire on the stove was on, what? and the curtains were closed, so the apartment was eerily dark. They called her name, but nobody answered, and that's when they found Jimmy on the bed. "Quote: It was horrific. He was covered in vomit." <gasps> There was tons of it all over the pillow, black and brown. His airway was completely blocked all the way down. We felt his pulse, shone a light in his eyes, but there was no response at all. Oh, my God. And that's a quote from Reg Jones. Police arrived at the flat at 1130, and the ambulance left the hotel with Jimmy at 1135, and they went to St. Mary Abbott's Hospital, and they got there at 1145. Okay. When they got to the hospital, a heart monitor was placed on Jimmy, but, quote, there was no point. He was Mm. dead. According to medical registrar Martin Seifert, uh, resuscitation via chest compressions lasted just a few minutes, right. but he was, quote, he was cold and blue. Oh, he had no. all the parameters of someone who had been dead for some time. We worked on him for about an hour with no response at all, said Dr. John Bannister. Right. And so Jimi Hendrix was pronounced dead at 1245 on Friday, September 18th at the age of 27. Wow. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I bolded that too. I was like, now it's time for some theories. Yes. Okay. So the first theory I have today comes from um, an article on NME.com, which is like a music website, Uh uh, from one of the doctors that actually worked on Jimmy that night in the hospital, John Bannister. Oh. So. In 2009, one of Jimmy's former roadies, James Tappy, right? They called him Tappy. Of course, Slippy, Slappy, Flappy. Slappy, Flappy, Tappy. Tappy. Um, He wrote a book called Rock Roadie, in which he claims that Jimmy's own manager, Mike Jeffrey, admitted to having Jimmy killed. What? Before Jeffrey himself died in a plane crash, like three (gasps) years after Jimmy. In the book, Wright claims that Jeffrey told him he hired a gang to break into Jimmy's hotel room and force wine and sleeping pills down his throat. Jeffrey is alleged to have said, I had to do it, Tappy. You understand, don't you? I had to do it. You know damn well what I'm talking about. I was in London the night of Jimmy's death, and together with some old friends, we went round to Monica's hotel room, got a handful of pills, and stuffed them into his mouth. But where was Monica at this time? Then poured a few bottles of red wine deep into his windpipe. I had to do it. Jimmy was worth much more to me dead than alive. That son of a bitch was going to leave me. If I lost him, I lost everything. So, Dr. Bannister went on record in support of the roadie's theory, saying it, quote, sounded plausible because of the volume of wine found in Jimmy's hen- in Jimi Hendrix's lungs and on his body. The amount of wine that was over him was just extraordinary. Not only was it saturated right through his hair and shirt, but his lungs and stomach were absolutely full of wine. What the fuck? I have never seen so much wine. What the fuck? He went on to say, quote, we had a sucker that you put down into his trachea, the entrance to his lungs and to the whole back of his throat. 
We kept sucking him out and it kept surging and surging. He had already vomited up masses of red wine and I would have thought there was half a bottle of wine in his hair. He had really drowned in a massive amount of red wine. Holy shit. Weird, right? This next article is from a website called woodstockstory.com. So woodstockstory.com has an article on uh, Jimmy's death. And it notes that it's incredibly rare for someone to drink so much alcohol on a, on a binge that it reaches their lungs. Oh, shit. But the autopsy found that Jimmy had a low blood alcohol level despite the amount of wine in his body. Wait, what? So it, ha- it had just been ingested, right? Yeah. Suggesting that the wine didn't have enough time to enter his bloodstream. Gotcha. Quote, the physical evidence suggests that the excessive amounts of wine in his system, as or in his stomach as well as his lungs, are more consistent with being waterboarded. <gasps> Oh, so he was, like, being dead ass. Being dead ass, right. And I'm going to read this next little bit directly from the uh, Woodstock story um, article. Mm-hmm. So the counterintelligence program designed by the FBI was aimed at eliminating subversive behavior within the country. Okay. Jimmy's appearance at subversive benefits like Woodstock and um, Monterey Pop uh-huh. resulted in the FBI opening a dossier on him. And what? his ability to motivate masses were seen by COINTEL, it's called COINTEL pros, uh-huh. the counterintelligence, uh-huh. as less than innocuous. Uh, Hendrix's connection to manager Mike Jeffrey only furthered his surveillance by the FBI because he was being, um, he was alleged to have been involved with like underground crime oh, organizations. Fuck. So he was in the process of building a recording studio in New York, um, and it's believed that it was mob controlled and funded. Oh. So. In addition, um, Cynthia McKinney, a U.S. House representative and presidential nominee in 2008, I guess, had yeah. pinned Jimmy's murder on a government plot to eradicate such leaders. And Jimmy had also um, publicly called upon the Black Panther Party to go to Washington, D.C. and, like, fuck shit up, basically. Damn. So, later in... Um, Wright's book, the Rock Roadie book, uh-huh. he claims that Jeffrey, the um, manager, uh-huh. told him directly that Jimmy was worth uh, more dead than alive yeah. because he had just taken out a $2 million life insurance policy on him. I don't understand the olden days taking out insurance policies on people that you're not related to that have no, like... How does that make sense? How does that make sense? Like, that's literally just like, I'm going to kill this person. Can I get money off of them? Literally, like a bounty on your. That's literally a bounty on your head. (laughs) How is that not suspicious to these like (laughs) life insurance companies? No, literally. So, in the book Jimi Hendrix: The Final Days, author Tony Brown claims that a poem Jimi had written the night he died, titled "The Story of Life," was Mm -hmm. actually a suicide note (gasps) due to the nature of the writing, which quote alluded to the temporal nature of existence. It was. It talked a lot about like life and death and love and like loss and things like that. But he was going through a very like. A really hard time. A really hard time. A very, like, tumultuous point in his life. Exactly. Monica also claimed that she later counted her Vesprax sleeping pills and found nine of them missing, which were found in Jimmy's system, but it's believed that since Jimmy was a chronic insomniac, like, nine pills wouldn't have been enough to, like, kill him. Oh. Um, he was found with a, po- a packet in his pocket containing 42 Vesprax pills, so if this poem was written as a suicide note yeah. why wouldn't he why have, wouldn't have taken, taken that entire it? packet yeah um but the combination of alcohol may have 
like exacerbated the right, right, right. Um, and then I don't have any like sources for this, but then briefly, Twenty Seven Club, yes, as we all know, mm-hmm. um, has Jimmy, Janice, um, Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. um, who else? Ian Curtis, I'm pretty sure from Joy Division. Mm. Um, that's believed to be like a curse on musicians, yeah. and I don't know how that necessarily ties into the White Lighter conspiracy because it's alleged that like all of these people that are in 27 club they mm-hmm. all died with white lighters in their pockets really yeah interesting that, and that's why I, and that's I heard, why i've heard that white lighters i heard it's lucky. them making a deal with the devil and they get like immense like success and fame and then on their 27th birthday they like have to die oh. or not on their 27th birthday but like the year 27 is mm-hmm. like their, they have the, the contracts up yeah, yeah. oh yeah. shit interesting yeah. mm-hmm. interesting because they were all like very successful people yeah. and jimmy and janice were allegedly like super in love with each other really yeah like they like supposedly like had a, a thing Aww. like for for a long time and i'm like that's such a sweet like power couple like they're both such cool like original they're rocking people. the fuck up in heaven for, for sure. fucking real dude they're smoking hash and drinking they're wine so... in heaven good for them i don't know <laughs> jimmy probably wants to drink wine anymore he's probably like oh, i have ptsd you guys dude isn't that like <laughs> yeah, crazy though what do you think crazy. what do you think i, I totally believe that yeah like why would that guy make that murdered. story and then it have it you know corroborated and by somebody that was actually there yeah. like by the doctor yeah. that actually tended to him like so, yeah no sense, yeah. that's spooky ooky. spooky ooky. that was a good one thank you Episode. Thank you. Okay, I'm glad it came together yeah. really well. Because I was a little I don't know nervous. why you're not really confident. I was that. I was a little nervous. I don't know, but I'm glad you're it came a very good storyteller, well. truly. Like Thank I'm you. engaged the whole time. <laughs> Thank All right, you guys. So much. Um, we love you. We love you. Stay cool. Stay hydrated. Stay sexy. Stay following us on Instagram. Instagram. On Twitter. O A G K podcast. Uh, TikTok. On Agrassi Uh, send us an email at oagkredux r-e-d-u-x at gmail.com and keep an eye out on the gram for a sticker giveaway sticker reveal um yeah let us know where you think we should put these stickers yeah if you live near any like purportedly haunted locations and you would like to place a sticker there uh let us know and we will send you one (laughs) but you have to tell us what the location i'm gonna go to the i'm gonna go to the um queen mary and just put my sticker like in a bathroom yeah that'd be fun (laughs) Like in the stall. On an antique bathroom. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All love the great it. ones leave their mark. No, literally. Anyways. Right. Love you. Love you. Mean it. Mean it.